Our speaker tonight is, I'm just, just so happy that he's able to be with us. He's not a stranger here, actually. He's been here uh, many, many times in the past. Uh, he's a young man, but he's been in the pastorate for close to 30 years. And he's served faithfully at Christ Tabernacle Church in Queens, New York. And um, he was a co-starter of, uh, of the Youth Explosion Group that just went crazy in New York. Um, it was written up that when that ministry really took off for youth, the, the, the violence and all of the gang-related activity in that part of Queens went dramatically down because all of the young people were finding Christ. Amen. And um, from that, he's now uh, not only the teaching pastor at Christ Tabernacle, but he also oversees uh, a group now. They've changed the name of that youth ministry to Misfits. But he does a lot of other things. Uh, he's married to a lovely lady, and they have two beautiful children. And um, I'm just happy that he's able to be with us tonight. Let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Ralphie Castillo. Good evening, everyone. Uh, it is such a, an honor uh, for me to be here tonight. And uh, uh, before I share... Uh, I just want to take a moment to, come on, can we put our hands together and thank God for the worship team. Thank you for a fantastic God. Thank you, all of you. That was beautiful. Um, Pastor Hammond, thank you. Always a pleasure, a joy. Um, I feel like I say this every time I come, and I mean it with all of my heart. Um, young adults are my, are my favorite um, people on the, on the planet. Um, I do see some some people in the room that um, uh, decided to come back to school, and I just lumped you in with young adults. So tonight, everybody's a young adult, okay? So, and all the people over 40 say, amen, okay? Okay. Um, such an such a honor uh, for me to be here. Um, if, you, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn, um, turn them on. Now get to 2 Kings chapter 5, would you please? 2 Kings chapter 5. I'll be reading from the, the NIV translation, and uh, we'll, we'll read a few verses together. And I have this one, this one big idea that I want to leave with you. It's my, it's my prayer that, that it will bless you. And uh, get to Second Kings chapter five. We're gonna we're gonna pick up the the story from the from the fifteenth verse, and, and I'll get to that in a moment. But to set it up, if I could just have your attention, just uh, by way of illustration, um, as Pastor Hammond mentioned, uh, I'm uh, I'm forty three years old. I've lived in in New York my my entire life. Um, I love New York City. Uh, 43 years old, married for uh, almost 20 years, had two boys. Uh, Corey is 13. He just started high school. Aaron is 18. He just started college. So the fact that I'm a college, the fact that I'm in a college, talking to college students, and I have a kid who's now in college, is a little loopy for me right now, but all good. 
and uh, and I was I was born and raised in in in, Bro in Brooklyn. Um, do or die, bad style. Is there anybody from Brooklyn in the house? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, where Brooklyn at? Yeah, yeah. I'm so Brooklyn. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and um, I, I spent a lot of time in the street. Um, I learned a lot of great lessons uh, from the street. One, one of them came in the form of a question. Uh, when I was growing up, this was a really common question. You would hear it all the time uh, in the street. And um, people would say, yo, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Um, turn to your neighbor and say, do you know what time it is? Um, and what was great about this question is that you would discover very quickly um, who was from the hood and, and who was not from the hood, depending on the answer that you got to the question. If someone said it's 435, you would know very quickly you're not from the hood. <laughs> and it's because the question was not meant to be literal. The question was figurative. It was, it was designed to get the person to answer the question in terms of the, the moment. So when you ask the question, do you know what time it is, it had to do with the moment. Maybe it was, we're about to go to this party, or we're about to get into this fight, or it's about to get popping, or something's going to happen. So when somebody said, do you know what time it is, they weren't asking about the literal time. They were trying to get to you to figure out, do you understand the, the significance of this moment? And so I've entitled this little short thought, do you know what time it is. I'm encouraging you to take some notes. Go ahead and write that down right on the top of your notes there. The question I ask you tonight is, do you, do you know what, what time it is? And turn to your second choice neighbor and say, do you know what time it is? <laughs> second Kings chapter 5, beginning with verse 15. Then Naaman and all of his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and he said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. Let's skip over to verse 19. Elisha said, go in peace. After Naaman had traveled some distance, Gehazi, say Gehazi. Gehazi. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, my master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean, by not accepting from him what he brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. Verse 21. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running toward him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right, he asked. Everything's all right, Gehazi answered. My master sent me to say uh, that there's uh, two young men from the company of the prophets, and they've just come to me from the hill country. Can you, um, can you please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing? 
By all means, take two talents, said Naaman. He urged Gehazi to accept them and then tied the two talents of silver in two bags and two sets of clothing, and he gave them to two servants, and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. Verse 24. When Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servant. He put them in his house, and then he sent them away, and they left. Verse 25. When he stood, when he went in and stood before his master Elisha, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. Look up here. In order for us to appreciate what's going on uh, in the passage of scripture we just read, allow me very quickly to summarize. I would encourage you, in your own time, go ahead and sit down with a cup of coffee and go ahead and read through the entire chapter, but allow me to summarize. Uh, Naaman was a commander. He was a valiant soldier, a phenomenal leader, but he had a problem. He had leprosy. And so someone recommended to him, why don't you go to Elisha, the man of God, maybe you can be cured of your leprosy. So far, so good. So he goes, he finds the man of God. He receives some instruction. He didn't really like the vibe, but the story ends well. He humbles himself. He obeys. Uh, Elisha tells him, go dip seven times. He dips seven times, and he experiences his healing. Now, this guy, out of the uh, uh, kindness of his heart, because he's so overwhelmed, by the miracle, he wants to do something, so he offers um, some, some, some money, and he wants to bless Elisha. But Elisha knows what time it is, and so he says, thanks, but no thanks. And I love the fact that he doesn't take the money because he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about Naaman. And he doesn't want Naaman to think that the miracle, the grace, the mercy that he received from God was predicated on his generosity. Somehow that he could buy this thing. Miracles are not for sale. So he says, no, I'm good. God bless you. God in his grace and his mercy chose to heal you. Go in peace. But Gehazi doesn't like that because Gehazi has needs. Gehazi has other things going on in his heart. He's obviously uh, not happy with the decision that Elisha made. So Elisha leaves and Naaman leaves and he concocts this plan to get some stuff. This is why it's so important for us that we guard our hearts because when we don't guard our hearts and we don't know what time it is, when we see an opportunity, we might make a decision that doesn't line up with the season we're in. I'm getting ahead of myself. And in order for Gehazi to accomplish his mission, he has to do three things. Number one, he has to lie to himself. He has to convince himself that somehow God is in this. Sometimes we lie to ourselves. We try to convince ourselves God is in this relationship. God is in this decision. And so we lie to ourselves because we're hungry. We're thirsty. We want what we want. And there's not a problem with having a need. The problem is what we do with it. 
So he has to lie to himself. Not only does he have to lie to himself, he has to lie to Naaman. Hey, Naaman, two guys at the school. Ah, oh, they fell on hard times. Can you hook a brother up? That wasn't true. He made that up. But we shouldn't be surprised because sometimes I make up stuff. And you make up stuff. Because when we want what we want, we sell it to ourselves. And then we try to sell it to other people. And if that wasn't enough, he goes to the man of God, the guy he's been running with, his leader, his pastor, the people that are over us. And then he lies to him. And I've been in ministry a long time, and so it looks like this. Pastor, I've been praying about it. And, and the Lord told me that 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 he's the one. Okay. How, how long you know him? I met him last night. I'm going to leave that right there because I don't have time. We got to keep this going. But because we, we have needs and because we're not cognizant of the season we're in, I can tell that you know what time it is not by how you answer the question, but by the decisions you make. The decisions you make tell me you know what time it is. Gehazi's decision tells me that he doesn't know what time it is because all he's thinking about is that stuff. I want that stuff. I need that stuff in my life. And so he lies. And I said all of that to say this because nothing in this story gripped me. What gripped me was the question that Elisha follows up with after he realizes that Gehazi just lied to him. Brother, could you come and help me? We'll close up real quick here. What ends up happening, if you know the story, is that the leprosy that was on Naaman ends up falling on Gehazi and promise to continue um, for subsequent ge generations. Can, can I just pause here for, for a moment? Because there are a lot of young people in the room, and I love to take advantage of these moments. One of the reasons why you are some of the favorite people in the world for me to talk to is because I like talking to you before you sign up for the credit card to get the free frisbee and stress ball and make decisions that 20 years from now, when you go and try to buy a house, that decision, I like talking to you now before you sign up for the credit card because the reason why they give you that stress ball for free is because you need it when the bill comes and you ain't got no money to pay. I love talking to you because... Decisions have consequences. And I thank God for everything that Jesus did on the cross. I thank God for mercy. I thank God for grace. I thank God for the blood of Jesus that washes us yeah. and cleanses us Amen. and forgives us. But can I talk to you about consequences for just 30 seconds? Sometimes those go with you. And I, and I look at the life of Gehazi and I, I see this decision. This one decision cost him whole lot. A whole lot that he wasn't bargaining for. But this is the question that Elisha asked Gehazi that I leave with you tonight. 
Elisha said to him, verse 26, Was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Here it is. Is this the time? Is this the time? Notice that he's not mad because he had a need. He doesn't get mad at him for having a need. He doesn't get mad at him that he genuinely wanted the stuff. He doesn't get mad. He asked him this question. Is this the time to take? You know what that tells me? There was a time in the future where that thing was going to come his way. That relationship was going to come. That opportunity was going to come. God had it in mind the entire time. The question he was asking was, is this the time? And because we're so impatient and because we want what we want, when God doesn't move according to our timeline, we think it's our prerogative to take matters into our own hands. And that's what Gehazi is teaching us. And the Bible says that all of scripture is profitable for encouragement and correction and rebuke. So every time I read the scripture, I have to say, God, are you encouraging me today? Are you correcting me today? Are you rebuking me today? Because what God is ultimately trying to do is to get us aligned with his will and his plan and his purpose. And if we really trust God, regardless of what season we're in, we trust him. And I'm not saying it's easy to trust, especially when it's not there. Especially when it's dark. Especially when it looks like there's nothing on the horizon. Especially when things go from bad to worse. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. But can I tell you, it is never an excuse for us to take matters into our own hands. Because the, the consequences are so destructive. Is this the time to take money or accept clothes? Or olive groves and vineyards, or flocks, or herds, or male, or female slaves. Is this is this the time? I I learned from the text that Elisha knew what time it was, but I also learned from the text that Gehazi did not know what time it was. Can I can I just encourage you? Take a few moments. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, maybe this week. To ask yourself the question, Lord, what, what season am I in? And, and can we not like over-spiritualize this? Can I be like very practical? Can I give you one example? Um, you are all in school. So you are in a season. You just started pretty much. You are in a season uh, where you are a student. Okay? Because you decided to be a student and sign up for financial aid and borrow loans you have made a commitment for the next few weeks that your primary responsibility will be that of a student, okay? Because of that, when your friends go out on a Saturday and they want to hang out, or when your friend want to Netflix and chill, or whatever y'all do, if you don't know what season you in, you just going to be running after everybody. Oh, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go and do this, and I'm going to go to that church because they got that conference, and I'm going to go over here because I need another conference, and I'm going to buy that book that I'm not going to read, and I'm going to go and I'm going to go to this conference. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't judge you based on whether you know what time it is. Your decisions will tell me you know what time it is. Because if you actually stay home on a Saturday, 
turn off the phone for a few hours and actually write the essay, then I go, ooh, you know what time it is. Because your decision will reflect the season that you're in. If I walked in here today with some shorts, some tube socks, and a tank top, y'all would be looking at me funny for a couple of reasons. Because me in shorts with a tank top and tube socks would be funny. But it would also be crazy because it's, it's cold outside today. Yesterday was 90 degrees. Today it's rain. Welcome to New York City, everybody. Huh? My outfit has to reflect the season I'm in. Your life, your decisions should reflect the season you're in. But if you don't know the season you're in, then everything is a suggestion to you. If you don't know the season you're in, you think you have options. And I believe that God is challenging many of you to make decisions that are in alignment with the, with the season you're in. I talked to you about school. Can I talk to you about one more? Um, it's getting chilly. And, um, and fall is coming. And who doesn't want somebody to cuddle up with with a little pumpkin spice latte around Thanksgiving and Christmas around the fire like they do in the Hallmark movies. Can I, can I get a witness to okay? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. But if that's not the season that God has for you, and you go ahead and try to manipulate or lie or manufacture something, then do you end up making a decision now that you regret later? Is this helping anybody? I'm just trying to keep it a buck. Is that okay? We all face decisions. Can I encourage you? Ask God what season are you in? And make the decision based on that. Could I, could I say one more thing and then and then, and then we'll pray? Sometimes I read the Bible and I, I get I get mad. I, I get mad. Um, you ever watch a movie and you be talking to the screen like that? You be like, no. You be like, no, don't, oh, don't, I don't open the door. Sometimes I'm in my study and I'm reading my Bible and I, I talk to I talk to my Bible like it. Gaze, I can hear me and I. I ask myself this question, Gehazi, of all people, I don't want to be too hard on Gehazi because I'm, I'm probably more like Gehazi than, than, than I am Elisha. Can I get a witness to you? Yeah. But I'm like, Gehazi, you, you were there when the Shunammite woman couldn't get pregnant. You were there when the Shunammite woman couldn't get pregnant. She had a baby. You were there. Um, when that baby grew up and got sick and died, you were there when Elisha went back in the room and prayed over the kid and the kid got back up. You were there for that. You were there when uh, you were there when the when the school got the little donation for the bread, and he was like, "How are we gonna feed all these people with the bread?" And you saw Elisha multiply all that bread, and everybody in the school got to eat. Some of y'all like, I'm, "I'm hungry. Can God do that miracle at night in college?" Yeah, I need that. Yeah, so he was there. He was there, and. And he was there when Naaman dipped in the water seven times and got healed of his leprosy. So I asked myself this question. How could you be around all of that 
and never think for a moment that the better thing would have been to go to God and say, God, I, I need you. I, I need you. Too easy, right? And we complicate. Why hustle? Why, why lie to yourself? Why lie to other people? Why lie to the people over you when the easier route would have been to just go to God and say, God, I would love for you to move in my life. I need you here. 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 Can I encourage you? Whatever season you're in, go to God. Go to God again. Go to God again. But please, please, don't ever think it is a good idea to take your life into your own hands. I always say this. My life in God's hands is better than my life in my hands. I don't ever want to put trust in God. Every time I've done it, it don't, it don't go good. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. I ask you to bow your heads all over the building. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for every precious soul that is in this room. And you know exactly the stage. You know the season of, of life they're in. And I'm just praying for increased clarity and increased discernment that you would make it ever so clear to every single person in this room the season they're in. And I'm asking that you would give them wisdom and courage so that they can make the decision based on the season they're in. Not what their friends think, not what the culture is suggesting, but that they would make godly decisions. Lord, I thank you that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and you delight in our steps. That means you care about every single decision we make, where we go to school, where we live, who we run with, who our friends got, what our relationships will be. God, I thank you that you care about every single decision. And God, I pray that you would increase our level of awareness so that we would know what time it is. Not literally, but that we would know the time we're in, that we would know the season we're in, that we would know the moment of history we're in, and that our decisions would reflect accordingly. Lord, we ask for your help, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, declares the Lord. Holy Spirit, would you strengthen my brothers? Holy Spirit, would you strengthen my sisters? We give ourselves to you. Thank you that in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. Help us. Would you just lift up your hands and say, Lord, help me. Lord, help us. I need you, Lord. Come on, would you just open up your mouth right there and just say, Lord, I need you. Would you just begin to pray and seek the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. 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 Alleluia. Alleluia. We need you, Lord. We tell you that we need you. If you know it, let's sing it together, Lord. I need you. Thank you. 
Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Let's let that be our closing prayer. I need the old.